Hello, everyone. Welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. So it is late again. This yeah. is this is getting to be a... Uh, well, not normal much longer because our, our training program is almost over. So then we'll get back to hopefully I, normal recording hours. I feel more sorry for you than I do for me because you have to drive home and you have to drive out. Mm. And that's... But I get to spend time with you. I know, right? How is this? So when it's awesome. Win 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 situation. It anyway. was more awesome uh-huh. when gas wasn't so expensive. Well that, that hurts a little bit, I have to that, be that, honest. That but. hurts a lot, I can <laughs> imagine. Not you. Well, but that's we still have other cars. <laughs> that's by true. the way. Cody filled so Cody just bought a car off of you actually. He spent sixty bucks filling that up the first time. What? Yeah. Holy I didn't even know that was smokes. possible on that car. No kidding. Anyway. Let's talk about RC airplane stuff. Yeah, let's do that. That's less depressing than the price of gas. <laughs> <laughs> so in the last episode that was just you and I, episode 92, mm-hmm. we were talking about the Antnave N225. So yeah, shame. since it was late in the day, uh, I was trying to give measurements in both imperial and metric. Math is uh, hard. What? Math is hard. Ma- less- I couldn't remember the word metric. Oh, oh, I gotcha. So I, I was, we have a lot of listeners I thought that you are talking about the fact that we couldn't get the conversion right. <laughs> no, that was the, that was the episode with Dave. Oh, See, that's these, right. These, yeah, they're all kind of. This is weird. So yeah. we, we, we are out of order in how we've recorded a lot recently. Um, so I don't remember what's, what's how. What's At any rate, yeah. Out. We're actually recording this one a week early because we're going to be in Toledo when this comes out. Mm-hmm. Super excited. Have I mentioned how excited I am about that? I don't know if I've mentioned that or not. Me too. But we're doing this a week early, so I have more than a day to get it ready because our normal record release time would not have given me enough time. So I'm excited because we'll be in Toledo when this comes out. Yes. Anyway, so I could not remember what metric was called. And uh, we know we have a lot of listeners that are not local to the United States, so right. they, they don't use uh, imperial units. Um, so when I started to listen to it to start the editing, my wife was around. Usually I have headphones on and stuff. For some reason this time I didn't do it, and I really wish I wouldn't have because she heard <laughs> me floundering around for words, and she was making fun of me so badly. So... Apparently, um, I said, instead of for those that don't know the imperial units, I said for those who don't speak English. (laughs) Um, It was, yeah. So I'm sorry about that. She told me I needed to apologize because I sounded like a a daft idiot, apparently. Mm -hmm. And there we go. Is that her words? Daft idiot? Idiot was. I added daft to make it seem a little bit nicer. (laughs) (laughs) That was nice of her. But anyway, so we move on. Yeah. Metric system. Metric system. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that in the back of my mind and forget it again next time. Well, I hope so. Because then, you know, <laughs> she'll have something to make fun of you again. So I came across this interesting article. We were recording with Dave. Mm-hmm. Which is t- three weeks ago by the time, I don't know, yeah. whatever. <clears throat> and the subject of the Waco biplane, mm-hmm. you know, a company came up and, you know, is it pronounced Waco? Is it Waco? Well, it's Waco. But anyway, uh, this interesting story, I kind of did a little internet search because I, I happen to like biplanes, as you all probably know by now. You sure do. And can you believe that you can still buy a spanking new Waco YMF5 biplane? I I yeah. do believe it now. Well, yeah, there's a company <laughs> that actually, uh, they started with rest- restoring old Waco YMF3s and 5s, and they are actually 
now producing brand new um, with modern engines and uh, avionics and stuff, uh, Waco YMF-5 biplanes. So, I just thought that was really neat because if you've got about $625,000, you can buy one of these Oh, things. is that all? Yeah. Well, let's buy change. like three or four just to have spares. Now, how cool would that be though, honestly? Like if you're in a position to buy one of these things. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome looking airplane. Like if you don't know what a Waco YMF5 is, just Google it. And like the first few images you get, will you they will wow you. Like if you, especially if you like <laughs> biplanes. Yeah. But they they use a new. It's it's a Jacobs uh, radial engine um, that has uh, you know I think I'm pretty sure they're fuel injected now, so the the starting woes of the of the earlier years are gone. <laughs> they're easy to operate, and you can get these things with like all glass cockpits. But it's still an open cockpit. So oh, that's you, yeah, you get the experience of a of an old airplane, but the benefit of new you know technology, which I think is amazing. I think so it's awesome. What's old? Like when were they original? Uh, well, I don't know exactly because I, when my Google searching came across this, I didn't search anymore because I just thought this was so cool. But <laughs> right. uh, I believe they come from the they were actually the design comes from the 1920s. Uh, oh, okay. And they were produced so, in the in the well into the forties and fifties, I'm I'm sure. So, Hundred year old design then since yeah, we're in the twenties yeah. Yeah, again. Open fabric, you know, uh stretched over wooden and uh chromoly steel uh, oh, wow. framework. Yeah. And that's how they're made. They're still produced that way, with the exception of the modern uh gizmos on them, which I think is really, really cool. That is neat. Six hundred and twenty five thousand. We should start saving now. <laughs> If you guys want to be a patron, the, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to own one. That would yeah, be sweet. Well, that would be a lot more expensive than that because I yeah. don't have a pilot's license. And they're so. completely customizable. So the company, yeah, uh, Waco Aircraft Corporation, uh, will produce one of these things and they will customize it as per your request. 150 colors, uh, combinations you can have on the thing. And <laughs> like, like, you know, they can, the cockpit can, uh, the, the instrument panel can accommodate standard round gauges, or you can go all glass. It's pretty neat. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So while we're talking about airplane about stuff, it. have you seen the, uh, the new Red Bull thing they're doing? No. The pilot swap. Pilot swap. Or plane swap. However you want to talk about it. So, okay, since you're referring to either a pilot or plane swap, mm -hmm. would this be some sort of a swap of some kind? <laughs> your, your deduction is amazing. Well, my reasoning skills are pretty sharp. So there's two airplanes and two pilots, both flying their own airplane when they take off. By the time they land, it's going to be swapped to where the pilot flying the first airplane is flying the second airplane. So they're going to go up to like 14,000 feet in these Cessnas, nosedive, get out of their plane, get out of their plane. There's just one person on each plane. Get out of their plane, go to the other plane while it's diving to the ground, start them up and leave. So my brain is trying to, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that, so the pilot, okay, so the planes are diving. Yeah, so I'm assuming they're going to be, have to be in somewhat close proximity to each other. I would assume so. This is apparently a stunt they're doing that's going to be live on Hulu. I think it's April 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Hulu. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be kind of cool to watch. Like I said, they're going to go up in the air, dive. As they're diving, the pilots get out, switch airplanes, get back how, in their how other are they airplane. Switch air, like, are they. I'm assuming they're going to skydive somehow. I would hope they're going to have parachutes just in case, but yeah. 
So they skydive from one airplane into the other airplane. They switcheroo, start them up, and then go land. That's crazy. I know. But, but that's what they're known for, right? Well, that's true. Um, yeah, that sounds like it go, could go wrong like a hundred different ways. So <laughs> I'll tune in and watch. That's why hopefully they have, <laughs> you know, parachutes and know what they're doing. But Well, I would hope so. Uh, that's crazy. I know. Hmm. Kind of cool. So what are you even up to? Well, let's actually talk about RC stuff. Yeah, I feel like we now. did too we much. We talked about some full airplane scale. stuff, but uh, so I worked on the GB. You um, did. I can't remember the last time I mentioned it on a recording, but because <laughs> they're together. all kind of going together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I ran the the GB, the Sato uh, ninety FA ninety R three, with that cool Kelly O exhaust ring. Man, that thing sounds good. Now I want to stop you before we we go on too much farther. Um, you actually sent me a video of this thing running. Mm -hmm. I want to listen to it so we can all hear <laughs> okay. how good this thing, how good this thing sounds. I love the idle. Yeah. It just, it sounds like a small, like old time yeah. V8. Yeah. And that is a terrible recording from my phone. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, see that? That's, that's going to be nice. Yeah. Like, I cannot imagine what that's going to sound like flying by. By, yeah. <clears throat> that's and what I really want to know. so much better in person even. Like, even, you know, regard, you know, forget the fact that this thing is going to be hopefully screaming by at a whopping 70 mile an hour or whatever it works out to be. It's, I don't think it's going to be that fast, honestly, because as I was running it, I was kind of pulling back on it. It was like, <laughs> okay, well, it's, you know, it's not going to be real fast, but... Man, is it going to sound good. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be all that quick. I mean, for no, me, it no, doesn't really. at least. But it's just going to look cool flying by. Yeah. And it, yeah. When, when you come down off of full throttle and it kind of cackles. Cackles. And yeah. Yeah. Man, that Kelly exhaust ring. Uh, if you've got a radial engine, you need one of these exhaust rings on it. I'm just. I'm just I know say. we talked about how much you paid for it before. It was ridiculous. Where, where did you get it? So I got that from CH Ignitions, and I believe that's the only place you can get uh, Kelly O exhaust rings nowadays. Um, so is Kelly O like a brand? Not brand. Is it like a, a style or what? No, it's a it's a it was a company or it's a company that produces them. Kelly O, that's the name of the company, and I believe it. Well, I don't want to misquote, but I believe the guy's name was either Kelvin maybe or Kevin, and it was Kelly O Creations. Um, oh. And I believe you used to be able to buy them, you know, maybe a few different places. But now I'm pretty sure you can only get them from CH Ignitions. Oh, okay. And worth every penny, I'm telling you. Man, the difference <laughs> in the sound of this thing, it's, it's incredible. Well, I can't wait to hear it in person because I've not heard it yet. I heard nope. it with your three little, you know, exhaust pipes coming off of each cylinder. And it sounded good then. Yeah. It so I can't so imagine much now. how much better it's going to sound. Well, hopefully you'll hear it soon because it's ready to go. I mean, I've got it balanced. Um have all the, you know, obviously all the electronics are installed. By the way, the um, much, much better system, that crane engineering onboard glow. Oh. It's so much easier to use <laughs> than the old Sullivan one that uh, yeah. that I blew up. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's ready to go. Uh, I did have to mount the batteries, which I had to redo the mounts that I made. I didn't like the way, like, so I had a couple of posts sort of glued. This fiberglass fuselage, by the way. In case anyone doesn't know, it's an old Kyosho ARF, and it's a fiberglass fuselage. It's not built up, right? Mm -hmm. So I had some standoffs basically mounted to the inside of the fuselage, and then I was using a rubber band kind of over and around them, 
uh, with some pegs that I stuck on there to and hold the battery in place. Well, so it just rubber banded onto the pegs, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And, and what, what do you have in there for battery? So I've got a, just to do a complete <laughs> blank. Um, oh, six cell. It's a six, uh, six cell nickel metal hydride for the radio. And then okay. I have a, uh, a small, um, I think it's a around 1200 milliamps or so, uh, life battery for the, for the onboard glow. Okay. Oh, it's a pretty lightweight battery. Okay. Yeah. Seems to provide plenty of juice. So, um, anyway, so I had those mounted and I had a rubber band, you know, across the two posts to sort of hold the battery up against the fuselage on a, on a pad of foam that I put. Well, I didn't like it because the fiberglass is really thin and that rubber band was pulling on the post and it was distorting the fiberglass and you could see it on the outside and I didn't like that. So essentially what I ended up doing is I just made a little tray out of balsa and mm. epoxied it right to the, right to the fuselage sides on the inside. And then i I made a strap basically that bolted on, so there's no tension. So there's a, so a just full holds. backer behind the battery now. Exactly. Oh, and that's yeah. better to glue it on too, because you have more contact area to where you don't just have small posts. Exactly. That are epoxied on. Right. So. So. But yeah, it's ready to go. Hopefully, you'll hear it soon. I like that style better because honestly, when I saw it the first time, when you showed me how you had it, like that was something I was thinking. I didn't say it. Maybe I should have, but that no, was something okay. I was thinking. With you know, it's just you got this quarter inch square that's holding your whole battery on. And mm -hmm. I would hate to see something yeah. mess up in flight right? to where it bounced off. Yeah. So they're not, they're not sitting on a full tray, but it's, it's enough of a piece underneath the battery to support the weight of the battery and not the fuselage holding the weight of the battery. If that well, makes and sense. So it's, it's not just the weight of the battery too, but then the, the way you have it, it will actually right. take the stresses of the, exactly. the rubber band pulling it. So. Well, I did, and I got, I did away with the rubber bands. I just oh. went ahead and made myself a, a hardwood strap out of some, I think it's, about eighth inch by three sixteenths wide, uh, base wood or basswood. <laughs> Throwback to um, crystal. Yeah. And then I just have it bolted across. I still have two standoffs, but they're on the tray and not so much. Oh, there. I gotcha. You follow what I'm saying? Should have just used a battery strap. That way you could have gotten it out easy. Although I guess if it's just screwed on, you can get it out pretty easy It's too. one actually. So on one of them, so I have, there's screws on both of them, mm -hmm. right? On both straps. Uh, but on the strap for the for the life battery, uh, because I will definitely be taking that out of the airplane when I charge it. So instead of putting a screw on the backside strap that it would be hard to get to, I epoxied a pinned hinge on the back of the strap so that I just have to take the one screw out and it hinges up to get oh, the battery Oh, look out. at you. That's yeah. awesome. That's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. See? Simplified. Trying to make life easier for me. <laughs> It's always good to look forward into the future to see what makes it yeah. easier. But looking forward, I'm I'm looking forward to flying the thing. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I finally got the uh, servos all switched out on the on the spacewalker. You had given me some S148s to replace stuff with since we had a, a little bit of an issue, I guess, with the ones from Amazon. Yeah. Um, and you were nice enough, like I said, to give me S148s to go in there. And one didn't work. Bad one. You gave yeah. me a bad one. It's Sorry. okay. Just Things call happen. Me Amazon. <laughs> I'm the Amazon well, of friends. I did return it, and I, I got <laughs> back what I paid for it, which was nothing. So it's okay. Right. Um, but anyway, so I, I... threw that one in the trash, by the way. You'll be happy to know. Did you cut the end off? Mm-mm. Really? No, why not? I just threw it away. Last... What see, if that's, it didn't work because there was something wrong with the plug? I didn't feel like messing with testing it and all that, so I just threw it away. Save the headache. Well, I guess I can kind of see that but what if there's a broken wire somewhere in the lead and okay you know what i'm saying i just i know you you bought leads like replacement leads to mm -hmm. fix servos when we mm -hmm. were up at brian's a couple times ago so yep. 
I figured cutting ones off of the old ones were cheaper, but that's okay. The ones you gave me, I did save those, but that servo went right into the trash. Okay. Well, I could have done that too. Sorry. Well, it's okay. All right. Um, But anyway, so I ended up finally putting some S3003s in there Mm because I found a couple of those that we had used in the Telemaster. Oh, okay. Because remember the S3003s were messed up where we thought it was the servos, but... Long story short, it was the ignition with all that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but no I didn't, need to rehash that. No, but I didn't realize that servos from the same manufacturer will rotate differently. Yeah, that, I mean. So when I, I they were on the the ailerons is yeah. the one that had the one that was bad. And so I had them hooked up to my servo tester and I, I was going to change both of them mm-hmm. because I know they have to be the same for endpoint and for travel speed and all that. So don't yell at me for thinking I was going to do one, one. S148 and then one <laughs> S3003. But anyway, so as I got the one bad one taken off, I still had the other one hooked up to the servo tester and I I, I did it. You know, I, I uh, was it. running it through the, the program where it oh. sweeps back and forth yeah. and they were both going the same way. Well, this is the first time I've seen the ailerons move together because that other servo was bad. Okay. And when I had the other ones from Amazon in there, I was just testing one at a time. Well, I started to freak out, like, did I really hook up stuff wrong on the ailerons? You know, because you have to get it mirror of each other, so mm-hmm. they the throws are different. No, the servos actually spin backwards from each other. I was surprised. So the S148 servo goes way back, right? Um, these are both Futaba servos, you know, S148 and S3003. Um I don't want to say it's common that that happens. Like I, I feel like most servos rotate the same direction when given the same input signal and voltage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, you know, back in the day before we had servo reversing in the transmitters and stuff, you would shop for servos and you could actually buy reverse rotation servos way back in the day too. So I don't imagine that that's a problem that you know you'll encounter often, but it's not unheard of. Well, and even if you're if you're running the exact same servo, I'm sure those all will go the same way. Well, right, all it would be a different number should go the same direction, right? Exactly. But that, like I said, that just surprised me. I never yeah. thought about that before. I always figured like positive input would always turn them one way, right. whereas I apparently was completely wrong. Um, but yeah, so I but guess yeah, I'm, I would. I, I mean, I I can see your point. I would probably freak out too when I when I see the surfaces move the same direction. I'd be like, <laughs> Wait a minute. What did I do did wrong? Did I really put the servo or the linkage on the wrong side of the servo? No, I wouldn't have done something. And then I'm like thinking, that. seriously, I already drilled for them. I have the stuff <laughs> mounted. What What did I do? But anyway, luckily, that wasn't the issue. So yeah. I got all that taken care of. Um, speaking of battery trays, I had to do the same kind of thing for the battery tray in that one. Mm-hmm. I think I said before that it was one to where you were supposed to put the battery on the tray and then put it in the airplane, and then screw the tray in. Right. I'm not doing that. Like that, I I just think that's a terrible design. Um, so I just made an enclosure on the actual tray itself, so the battery couldn't move. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Kind of box it in, mm-hmm. and then used a uh, a Velcro strap, and that's that's plenty good. Plenty it's not secure. going anywhere. Yeah. Um. So that well, way, less, I don't have to worry less about chance of a of you forgetting to leave the tray at home. <laughs> like Reggie did. I forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry, Reggie. I can't judge, but I don't know how <laughs> you would be able to, like in this airplane, there's no way you could put a battery in there because there's nothing to hold it in. Would you just set it in the in the area if you don't have the, the tray? I mean, you yeah, see what I I'm guess, saying? Like, yeah, I guess you would just, or maybe Velcro. But 
you'd have to put the Velcro in. It doesn't matter. Or, yeah. So well, Velcro on the on the tray and then Velcro on the battery. But I'm saying if there was no no oh, tray, no, if you forgot yeah, yeah, the yeah. tray, how do you not remember? Well, man, that's getting a little hinky. I think he <laughs> actually maybe that's not what happened. He just crashed. Think he it. was pushing the issue. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. Speaking of. I don't want to say crashing, but messing up planes. I, I do have a confession to make that I have one to take off of my list. Um, take off your list. My list of completed and ready to go airplanes. Oh, so you're, you're reducing your number by one. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I smashed one. <laughs> Luckily, it was the Sandpiper, which is a dollar of foam. Well, but still. It was, so it was my least. You can't repair it? Val- no. It's foam and it's, it's now like a 90 degree angle in the oh. middle of it. Oops. So I, I, it was placed in a spot that I didn't really deem safe, but it was also the airplane that I cared least about because once again, it's a cheap thing to replace. Uh, the, the wide format printer, I had a new roll of paper, which those weigh quite a bit, 300 foot roll of paper. Um, and it, I was moving some stuff around that fell right on it and just, I mean, that's a noise that once you hear, it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a noise you don't want to hear again. Yeah. And you know instantly what it is, too, as soon as you hear it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I feel better that it was that one than anything yeah. else, but it yeah, still is one more still, off the way. So I'll have to make another one, and it'll take a night, and it'll be okay, and I'll be back in business. <laughs> but until then, I'm one, well, one down, but I have a couple more to add. You do. Since yeah, the chipmunk finished, is done. Yeah, you've finished a couple. Chipmunk is done, and the A-10 is done-ish that Dave was putting together for me. Mm-hmm. I still have a lot of filling to do because that was, I mean, we might talk about that in another episode, but GWS did not do a, or did not do a good job not on, yours. on that no, at all. Sure. Yours looks great. And mine, like I said, mine was brand new. It was mm-hmm. from them, but it must have been when they were getting out of it and like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Let's just to, get this stuff out. I'll have to look at the one I have at home. I have three quarters of a kit at home three quarters because I had to steal parts out of it to repair mine. But yeah, I'll have to look at that one and see what the foam looks like in that one. I bet it doesn't look good either. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, so that's, that is at least on its way to being finished. So that one is not done, but it's moved to working on my working on list. Yep. yep. And then the uh, chipmunk, you know, I have to say I'm a little disappointed in that one too. It's, it's on me because I guess I didn't look very well when I picked the kit up. Um, so the canopy is cracked. I can deal with a crack. I mean, that's it's just a little line yeah. that's easy to fix. Can put cowl, something behind. The cowl's cracked on mine. But the cowl on mine is actually broken and missing pieces. So it, it, yeah. the very front of it is missing about a quarter inch piece of cowling. And it just looks bad. But It doesn't look great, but from 20 feet away, you won't. <laughs> when it's flying by you, I guess you won't either. But yeah. it's uh, like I said, it's, it's a, extra cooling. It's extra cooling for the for the motor. But it's not good looking extra cooling. Well, no, but and it was like that, like I said, when I got it because the piece, like I had not opened the cowl up. I looked at it, put it down, but you know you can't see too well. Right. Um, but the piece was broken off, not. In the package, so it was just completely gone. So I don't know what happened yeah, to so it. Yeah, so you couldn't even, like, patch it if you wanted to because you didn't have the piece to glue it back in there. I know. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It That kind of stinks. But that's okay. Yeah, so you've got... you. So, yeah, you'll be adding at least three to your number. What's three? Well, you have the spacewalker, right? 
Oh, yeah. You have the A10. Yeah. Soon. Forgot about the spacewalker. And then, yeah, and you got the chipmunk. Because so that was on my in minus, process. Minus one plus three. <laughs> There you go. That's sort of how a it net works. gain of two, which is <laughs> fine. And uh, who knows what the net gain will be after we go to Toledo? I'm, I'm hoping for a big number. Yeah, a but big not, number, you say? Yes, I want to come home well, with pretty a much real, anything like, you can find. A right? lot of airplanes. <laughs> there you go again. <laughs> oh, so what else? What else we got? Well, so you talk. You're talking about the chipmunk. My batteries came in today for my chipmunk. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, now I'm up to five batteries. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a, a an email to read here in a little bit from somebody. Uh, we will get to that yep. at that time. But five batteries is very easy to keep track of. It I is. just got to tell you. Um, before <laughs> we get into emails, though, I, I kind of wanted to talk about inspirations. Okay. I thought, like after watching you, because you've you've kind of been in the hobby recently, but not doing much. Like you have so much other stuff going on. You have not accomplished a lot no, on I airplanes. Haven't. When we got up to Brian's and you found your, your GB, mm-hmm. like it, something just switched on in you yep. back again. Sparked and the interest you were again. very much inspired to get back and actually work on stuff during the week, during weekends and all that kind of stuff when yep. you had time. What, what do you find inspiring to get you back into the hobby and keep you from getting burnt out from doing things? Yeah, that's that's really a tough question. Um, it just has to be the the right, I don't know, the right thing at the right time. You know, like like you said, I happened upon this, uh, this GB kit, which was something I've wanted for, you know, a long time. And there was just something about the excitement of getting something that I wanted that I wasn't able to back then and putting it in the air just got me... I, I can't explain it. it. Just got me excited about getting back and you know working on stuff again with some kind of regularity. And you know, you, we make it seem like you know I was months. You know, I don't, it might have been months, but you know, we worked on some stuff last summer and things like that. But you know, it, it seems like I've noticed in the many years that I've been it, there are you know there are peaks and valleys in my level of interest in the in the hobby and it's not just this hobby it's any it's any hobby really for me mm-hmm. some people they they don't have that some people once they're in they have that same level of dedication from the time they start the hobby to the time they finish the hobby whether that be a few months or lots of years i've never been that way so for me you know the answer would be different than somebody maybe like you or bob let's say bob has been hundred percent in since he got in, you know, he's not, he hasn't really gone through, at least not from what I could tell. I don't think he's really gone through a, a valley, you know, of, of disinterest in the hobby. But yeah, so for me, it's just got to be the right airplane or the right project at the, at the right time. And, you know, what can keep me from getting burnt out, I think sometimes is, uh, is maybe instead of like, I have this thing in my head where I have to start what I finish before I move on to something else. Maybe if I relaxed on that a little bit and maybe had a couple of different projects going on at one time, you know, maybe that would be enough to keep me going through those spells of disinterest. I don't think I could work that way. Like, I get, I don't want to say bored of something, but I, like, shiny, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. Like, I have several projects at one time that I'm working on that I I bounce a little bit on this one, a little bit on this one. Yeah. And it seems to work for me. Yeah. Like I can't go straight through on, okay, I'm going to do nothing but this one now. Right. And move on. Yeah. Um, how, like, 
is that pretty much how you've worked your whole life or is that? Yeah, I think so. Um, well, and for, for me, at least with the airplanes, it, it, it kind of boils down to space. Like I, I really only have space really to work on one significant project at a time, you know? So like when I, when I'm working on, on, you know, the, the Horton project, I haven't worked on that in a while because it takes up a lot of space when I, when I actually get all the pieces out and am working on them, it takes up my entire, you know, shop. Yeah. I'm using my air quotes, <laughs> but, uh, so like, I don't have enough space really to have several projects going on at one time. And I think that might be part of it, but it's not just the hobby. I'm, I'm that way, even, even at work. I like, I prefer to finish one project before I move on to the next and, has nothing to do with space because we work on computers mostly. Yeah. Well, and I, I guess I can see that. But like for me, like, okay, you you do have more than one project going on, but it's not like an ongoing project that you're working on because you have the, uh, like you said, the Horton. Well, but that's right. not, I mean, like, I don't mean the how camel. many. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to bring that up, but <laughs> I, I was did. thinking about right. it. But those are like. Projects that eventually you're going to get back to. Yeah, I'm for talking sure. about like for me right now. I'm I'm building the stick, which is I'm still working on it. Yeah, the spacewalker I got put together, so I'm still working on that. Uh, the chipmunk, that one's pretty much done right now. Right. Um, I just have to do the balance or the final balancing on it. Is that it? I think. Well, the A10, but that's Dave has done all that so far. I have not done anything on it, but that's another one that I will be starting. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I really want to get back to recovering the that big, uh, uh, the big yak. Mm-hmm. Like that's coming higher on my list yeah. of things to do. Um, so I mean, like I said, I, I usually have things I work on in unison with each other. Like right. at one time, it's it's not like I, I work on that and then put it away for two weeks and go back to it. It's usually like in one day, I will even go from, oh, from okay. one thing to I one see. thing to one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just, for me, that keeps me more, I guess, more into it because it doesn't get so monotonous for right. just one thing over and over and over again. And I think that's, you've touched on it there. I think that's why I'm having such a hard time getting back on the Horton project is because, well, number one, it's not mine, right? That makes it so much more difficult, and, really. And I didn't start the construction on it. So, you know, the, the, the fuselage or center section or whatever you call it was built by someone else. And I, you know, I built the wing panels and I have to make the wing panels match the center section. Well, two different builders have to, to, you know, two different techniques. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one builder has a little bit more attentive to detail while the other builder maybe <laughs> not. So there's that, yeah. that issue of mating them together and making it look right. That's part of the part of the problem. And... I worked so hard on it to try to get it just right that I, I burned myself on, out on it. And now I'm having a hard time, you know, getting motivated getting to get back it, on yeah. that project. But sorry, Dave, if you're listening, but I'll get to it eventually. Have you, have you thought about finding somebody else to finish it up? N- no. Okay. Well, I mean, I've thought about it and then I quickly sort of dismissed it because I, I don't want to pawn off work that I've created onto someone else. See, I guess I look at it differently. If it's, if it's something that, one and you said it's not for you, so I mean that changes things completely. If it's if it's not a plane that you are like passionate about, right? Working on it, yeah. especially when it gets to be those those minute details that have to be just right, yeah. really gets taxing, it and that's does. when it gets to be not fun, right? And that's when you just don't want to do it. So I like I said, I I don't see anything wrong with 
finding somebody else that might have more of an interest in doing it. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that would want to take that challenge right. on, somebody probably right. that we know. And I wouldn't have any problem doing I mean, I, mean, it's it's I wouldn't have any problem pushing it to somebody else that right. wants to do it, I guess is my point. And well, you, mean, if you do that, I don't think you should feel bad about it. Yeah, I, I suppose. Luckily, in, in this situation, Dave is not in a hurry for it. Mm-hmm. And he's you know, told me that quite a few times. Yeah, so I've heard him. Um, different l- Dave, l- by luckily, the way. Yeah, not, not uh, Dave Taylor. It's a different Dave. Uh, different Dave. Um, but anyway, so I have that going for me. He's giving me the luxury of time. And so it, what I'm getting at, I guess, is if, if he was, if he said, hey, listen, Tom, I need this by the end of summer. In that case, I would probably start seeing if I could find someone to finish it. Yeah. Because I, I, I can't honestly say that I would have it done by the end of summer. Yeah, even though I would prefer to have it done yeah. before I move on to the next project, whatever that is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's, that's just how I am. And that's the thing. We have projects we need to get on. Yeah. Um, and it's... Want to get on. Not need... I want to get on the well, I trimotor. Do too, but I, okay. I don't want to say I need to get on. I want to. I need to because I want to. It's not like a, okay. I owe somebody something I need to do. <laughs> okay. it. It's because I I want to do it, so I, I need to do it for myself. Does that make? Kind of. Does that kind of make sense? You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, but yeah. Well, I just, okay. <laughs> I want to do it then. Um, and it's, Well, don't yeah. let me change your mind, though. Well, you're the one that's going to be doing a lot of the work, too. So. <laughs> oh, you're doing a fair share of the work. Trust me. I, I'm not saying I'm not, but I'm okay. saying it's not just one of us that's going to be doing it. It's going to have to be something where we can find the time to get together and do it. Yeah, so we got to finish all these other projects, right? But I got to stop bringing <laughs> projects in, I guess. Then that's the thing. But, like, I was going to bring the Nobler in a couple of days ago, and I actually forced myself not to until I get one more of these off the table. Yeah. Because I, you, I, I don't want to have too many things going on at once. There's just not the room for it. Right. So... That's, Luck, luckily that's for thought. me, I have you and, and the space that you have here so I can work on little projects in the interim, like the chipmunks, for example. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could have accomplished the chipmunk, the GB. I guess that was pretty much all I worked <laughs> on at the time. But that's all I had room for. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I've said it before. I know. I know. Mi casa, su casa. <laughs> I think that's what that means, right? Feel yeah. free. It's just too bad you live so far away. Yeah. That makes yeah. it a little bit more difficult, but. Oh, uh, well. A little bit. So that's what kind of inspires you to keep going. Yeah. And then sometimes bringing in a new project, like, you know, the chipmunks, that was enough to, to get me going That's what always too. does it for me. Yeah. New project. Just something new. It's like, okay, yeah. this is awesome. Let's get working on it. And sometimes actually, um, I'm, I think I may have mentioned it in one of our other episodes. I came downstairs and you had displayed great progress on the stick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And that actually motive your progress motivated me to go home and I forget whatever I accomplished that night or the the next weekend or whatever it was. But I actually finished something that was in my in nice. my queue. Yeah. So sometimes seeing other people's progress is enough to get me going. That's why I really liked when we both built the duelists. Mm. Like I thought that was a, a good like you pushed me, I pushed you. Yep. There were times where I did not feel like doing whatever the next step was. Mostly sanding because I don't like sanding. <laughs> right. Um, but you just make yourself do it because, mm-hmm. okay, we're doing this together and we right. got to get it done. But it was never to the point where I felt like I had to do it. It was still, I don't want to do this part, but I want to do this project. Right. Does that make yes, sense? Like, absolutely. It wasn't I know so. That I, I know that I am going to do this 
part, which I don't like too much, because overall, when I'm done doing this part, I get to do this next piece, fly it or yeah. cover it. Cover or it. I enjoyed covering it yeah. a lot. So, yeah. no, yeah, I get it. I, get you know, it. I, you, you, I don't want to say you suffer through the parts that you don't like, but you accomplish and get through the parts you no, don't like because I, I I think suffer is okay for some of those. <laughs> okay. Like I said, the sanding is just it's it's dirty, it gets everywhere and it's a pain sometimes. So well, I mean it's part of it though. It is. And I actually kind of enjoy that part of it. Do you? Yeah. I don't I guess if maybe if I had it to where I had dust collection right by me, had all that kind of stuff, and I didn't have to worry about getting my pants dusty, breathing the stuff in, which yeah. I, I mean, I did wear a mask and stuff, right. but it still just gets, you walk out to the shop, use your sander, mm. you got to blow yourself off before you come inside. It's yeah. just, uh, I know I it sounds it, like I, I'm complaining and I shouldn't <laughs> be, but it's, it's, it's a lot of effort <laughs> well, for sanding. Well, I mean, it can be. Yeah. Um, and I do all my sanding, you know, right there in my little basement shop, so that, you don't go outside for any of it? If I'm doing some really heavy duty sanding, like with a with powered tools, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But if I'm just downstairs, you know, sanding something, no, I, I just suck it up and do you it know, right I guess there. and then I have to be conscious of the dust and yeah. dust everything when I'm done because I don't want you know Lori to get mad at me for <laughs> making the basement dusty. But. In my mind, I'm going back to the shaping the nose. <laughs> and that was the part I didn't like. So that was out in the shop on the power sander. Yeah. Um I guess, yeah, everything else pretty much I did do by hand down here. Because if you're careful, it doesn't get everywhere. Yeah. If you don't, like, fling it when you're, you yeah. know, you can you can if sand. You're really, if you're really getting after it, it's yeah. going to go everywhere. But yeah. you can sand without making it go everywhere. You can keep it nice and contained, um, but not with the power tool. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, what derails you? Let's Let's get back to that. So, what makes it, like... So the I opposite, yeah. This. So the opposite of motivation, yeah. So tedious work sort of uh, derails me. Like for instance, uh, you know, the point, really? the point that I'm at with the Horton, you know, that's fairly going to be fairly tedious. You know, making the wing panels match the center section that I didn't build. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that. So sometimes I stall, you know, and, and parts of the build that are tedious. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: If that was your airplane, would it feel different to you? I'm going to say yes, because I would have built the whole thing and I would have made sure that when I got to the point where I'm at now, pieces would fit together. So okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be kind of at the stalling point that I'm at right now But if on that project. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was kind of going along more or more along the lines of if it was your project, like, would you feel more excited to get it done because then you get to see the finished piece and have it oh, as opposed to finish sure. it and hand it off to somebody else? Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. Absolutely. I mean, you know, all the fit issues aside, yeah, I would probably, I would probably be more motivated just because it was mine. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure how much more because I was actually excited to take the project on initially. Well, have you, yeah, you said yes. So yeah, that right, meant exactly. there was some sort of interest yeah. and in I, it. And but. I like the airplane. I mean, it's really... It's a neat airplane and a really neat story of how it came to be. But um, yeah, yeah. So other derailments are, uh, you know, work. Like if I'm if I'm busy life at work, in general, yeah. Uh, then sometimes when I get home, I just don't feel like doing anything else. Yeah, um, and that's probably the number one. Like just the time and the like. When I get home, if it's been a tough day at work, um, you would think 
that going downstairs and working on an airplane would be some kind of therapy. But like some, if I'm just worn out, like in my shop, I have to usually move stuff around before I can work on something. So that sort of derails me sometimes, I think. Well, I can, I can definitely see if I couldn't leave stuff out, how much more of a pain it would be. And like, honestly, I, I have found that by doing this podcast, we have taken over more <laughs> with RC airplanes being around everywhere, being... Oh, yeah. I mean, just once again, now, right now, this is not a mess, but no. you can look around just in our main basement area and count seven airplanes, five, whatever, five or six airplanes, seven airplanes sitting around here. Yeah. And that's okay with her now. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, had we not had that, once again, then I would not have had the amount of space allotted to this than, or that I do now. So yeah. just having the ability to leave stuff out and not get, I don't want to say in trouble, but, you know, not cause tensions is, is nice. It is. So, That's one way to keep you motivated. Just by having the ability to work. What derails you? Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> That's It's the shiny thing again. I mean, there's so much other stuff that goes on. Family. Mm-hmm. Just fixing things around the house that need taken yeah. care of. Yeah. Cutting grass is coming up soon. I'm not looking forward to that two not hours either. a week or three hours a week, whatever it ends up being. It's yeah, just, I have much less than you do, and I'm already not looking forward to it. <laughs> you pretty much pull your uh, riding mower out and then back right up and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that easy. But I yeah. love the fact that you're you guys are so into exercise and you have a riding mower. I just... You're you're after my own heart. Yeah. Our yard is deceivingly big. Is it really? It really is. I've push mowed it before, and that is and that is a two and a half hour long uh, excursion. Excursion. Exertion. Uh, ex- <laughs> yeah. I guess I can see that because yeah. yeah, there is there is quite a bit more in the side yard that yeah. I think I'm. Yeah. I'm giving you credit for, but, but anyway, yeah. Um, so that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, so working on stuff around the house does it a mess? Like there are times where I'll work on things and not get everything put away when I'm done. Let's be honest. I don't put things away often when I'm finished working with them. And that gets to be a derailment too. When you come back down and you're like, okay, that's not cleaned off yet. I don't even feel like starting on it. Yep. But I feel that when it is cleaned up and stuff is organized, it's really, really makes you feel like getting going. Yeah. Yeah. If I go down into my shop and let's say I don't have any projects going on at all. And it's just clean, like clean, empty workspace. I'm like, oh man, I need to get something started right here. <laughs> I need to fill this up. <laughs> I need to, yeah, I need to make this messy. <laughs> so we've got a couple emails. Uh, I want to read and and answer these. Uh, uh, these came into us over the last couple of days. If you want to reach out to us, you, I mean, we've said before, just just do it. You know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can get on the website and everything you need is right on our website. That's the nice main base for everything. So rcplanelab.com. Go check it out. Uh, all right. So Ron wrote in, wrote in to us. He says, Ron and Tom, I enjoyed the session with Dave Taylor as I do all of your sessions. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Dave mentioned moving away from foam building boards to a magnetic building board. I am one step behind and I'm in the process of setting up a dedicated building table versus setting up a camp on a card table, kitchen table, or ironing board. Been there, done that. <laughs> and I'm thinking of a foam board. 
Um, in one of your upcoming sessions, could you cover the foam board method? I assume we are talking about pink insulation foam board, but what thickness other approaches people have used would be appreciated too, e.g. fiber board. I'm pretty sure you have covered this before, but a re-mention would be great. Thanks, Ron. Hi, Ron. Thanks for uh, emailing us. <laughs> yeah, so what uh, the pink foam is what uh, Ron and I sort of both use. But yeah, Ron's getting ready to maybe make the plunge into the metal building table too, right? I haven't made it that far yet. Oh, okay. I'm thinking you about it. You were talking it. about it. I, I would like to look into it more, but I have not had time. Yeah. Um, yeah, building is simple on foam. Like yeah. you and I use kind of the same thing, but different. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Mine doesn't have the cuts in it that yours has for some reason. I got it. Or I got mine from work and oh, we why. score things okay. for different reasons. Yeah, but, but it's the same foam. Mine is uh, inch thick because mm-hmm. you don't need too thick. You just need thick enough to make sure the pins go in and not through. Yep. Um, and mine's two foot by four foot. That's just because that's the size I got from work. Right. Uh, what size? So mine, uh, I bought a four by eight sheet of this at Lowe's. Lowe's or Menards, whatever. You yeah. can get them in all home improvement like stores. like Owning's Coring or Owen's Coring. <laughs> that's it. That's Owen's Coring. Owen's Coring. <laughs> um, but it's pink. It's an inch thick. And um, and I rip mine down to where mine's, I think, I don't think it's a quite quite two feet. I think mine's maybe 20 inches because that's what fits on the Luon hollow core door that I set it on. Um and that just rests on a folding table downstairs in my workshop. So you use, so you have a folding table, mm-hmm. and this is your dedicated building space. Right. So I don't have a dedicated building space. Mm-hmm. Mine floats all over the place, um, just based on where what I we're working on. Well, what and we're what working on, have, and what space you have available. Exactly. It might yep. be on our uh, podcast table. It might be on our kitchenette table thing down here. It might be on an actual table. Um, those are all flat enough for me to build on mm-hmm. because they're, I mean, they're not warped. They're nothing like that. So they're yep. pretty straight and true, yeah. which is what you want. Yeah, and these, that's why these, these foam sheets that we use are, are actually surprisingly stiff, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, rigid so that they won't readily, I should say, they won't readily take on the shape of whatever's underneath them. They, they will lay pretty flat, um, almost wherever you put them. So the risk of building a warp you know, if you happen to put your pink building board on something that's not straight, it's pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mitigate that just by, I've had this old hollow core Luan door, I've had it 30 years maybe. Um, and I just keep replacing the foam and put it on top of there. And I don't glue it down or anything. I just set that. And then that Luan I thought core, you went and bought a new door not that long ago for that, didn't you? Or was that something else? No, that's for the other building table. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's I the gotcha. one that's in the main part of the... Um, the basement, the basement when, okay. I was, when I had multiple projects going on and we were working on the duelists. I gotcha. Okay, because I thought that that's what confused me. Now it's just me. a storage area because that's where the Horton is stored in its components. And Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I just lay the, the pink foam on top of the hollow core door and that combination is good to go wherever you want to set it because the hollow core door will maintain that flatness for you and yeah. get a warp. And see, the pink foam, like... I, whenever I build, if I'm building on plans, obviously you lay it down and that's, you know, you lay your plans down on top of the, on top of the foam, mm-hmm. put, uh, what's it called? The paper on top of it, yes. like wax paper, wax paper. Or saran wrap. Some, I use saran wrap. Oh, but, do you? Mm-hmm. I've never used that. I've used yeah. wax paper because wax paper works, but the, I've found that CA can stick to wax paper, even though it's I've wax. I've not had that yet. Mm-hmm. Well, when you have a pin that goes through it, that punctures the wax 
layer, and now you have an entry point for your glue. And that okay. paper is hard to get off the, the structure, but the um, saran wrap is perfect because really? nothing sticks to that stuff. I'll have to try that sometime then. Yeah. I, I like how how flat the saran wrap lay or not. Jeez, now I'm doing paper. it. The wax paper lays. Yeah. It has a little bit of a curl to it, but it's not... Yeah. It's not the saran wrap stuff that yeah. sticks to itself. And, right. If and you're careful, painful. you can you can really get the saran wrap nice and flat too. You just have to you have to be careful. That's all. Well, that would be easier because it's clearer too. Mm-hmm. It's easier yeah, to see, see through. through. Yep. Well, interesting. Mm-hmm. But huh? Yep. Okay. That's what I used when we built the duelist. Well, I used the wax paper, but that's okay. Well, I you've got me thinking about it now. Oh, I don't sorry. know why. No, it's all right. But anyway, so when you do that, then that's how you can save your plans from right. glue to go through and stuff. Um, and then, like, since I have, well, and if you buy a full four by eight sheet, you'll have extra mm-hmm. left too. I actually will use that as like the base for a cutting board. Mm-hmm. So if I'm cutting through yep. anything, you know, that way you you cut into that and it doesn't mess up whatever surface you're cutting right. on. It's just easier that way for me too. Um, I've got one of those cutting mats that you know, self healing cutting mat. Mm-hmm. Those are okay, but yeah, not great. I've got one. That's what I use. They don't, maybe I push too hard. I don't know, but they just don't seem to last all that long to oh, me. Okay. And it, it, they seem to mess up the point a lot more. Whereas yes. going through the foam, it doesn't I mess up the point. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. It does. It does. It dulls the knife a lot quicker than the foam does. Yeah. When you cut through to it. Yeah. I yeah. understand what you're saying. So, so. so there you go, Ron. That's what we use right now. But hopefully soon, Ron Hull don't say it's will have soon. an update don't, on it, how awesome the metal building tables are. That's not another project <laughs> I need right now. But Actually, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see if we can get uh, Dave Taylor to give us an update when he starts using his. I need to see if he'll give me the file so I can cut some stuff. That would save me a lot of time. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, all right. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. I'll let you take the next one. So the next one comes from Jose. So he says, hello, Ron and Tom. Been listening to your podcast for about a year. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Nice to have it on when I'm sitting in traffic on my way to the field. Nice. I just listened to your podcast and I feel you on your servo woes. <laughs> uh, I've used those exact servos bought on Amazon. He says, for me, they work just fine. I installed them on a Cadet Senorita. Uh, although they are a little slow, they seem plenty strong and I have no centering issues. Uh, he says, until I heard your issues, I would have bought them again. He said, thanks for sharing your experience with them. I assume they were def- decent servos at one point. All eight that I've used work great, he says. Um, I also use, on many models, Amazon purchased MG90S, or I'm sorry, MG90s uh, servos. Uh, says you can buy them for around two to three bucks a piece when buying 10 of them. Uh, Amazon prices seem to fluctuate on a daily basis, so I keep <laughs> looking and buy them whenever I see the prices are low. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good strategy. Uh, By the way, on that one, there is a website called Camel 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 dot com. Okay, and you can put in there. It's actually kind of neat because Amazon prices do fluctuate so much. You can put the link to what you're looking for in there, and then set your price. And when it goes down to that price, it will email you. Oh, no kidding. The cool thing about that, too, is it will show you a, a history list of what the price has been over the last, like, three months. Oh, so if no you're looking kidding. for something, it will tell you if it's high now and you need to wait or if it's a good deal and you should just go ahead and pick them up then. Oh. Yeah. So, Jose, there you go. Camel, camel, camel. Dot com. <laughs> All right. So I thought it was a scam at first because it's such a weird name. A I weird mean, name. But it does a great job. I'll be darned. Okay. So, uh, continuing on. <laughs> Sorry. It says... Uh, 
the they are a very popular nine gram metal gear servo, and I use them to replace the plastic geared servos on some of my cheaper plug and play foamies. Yeah, so we do too. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the last ones I got was the metal gear. That's the first time yeah. I've gotten those. Uh, he says, however, I did find an issue with some of them. Depending on which seller they come from, some of them have one gear of metal and the rest plastic. Huh. Apparently, mm-hmm. some unscrupulous manufacturers take an SG servo, put an SG MG, 90. In, I'm sorry, an SG 90 servo, put an MG 90s case on it, and add one metal gear. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I, I almost want to take mine apart now to look and to see look, what they yeah. are. Well, aren't they clear? Aren't they kind of clear? Mm-mm, they're dark. Oh. Uh, he says, I guess that's a problem with Amazon purchases. It's a shame. I no longer feel comfortable buying servos on Amazon. We are kind of in agreement with you on that, Jose. The uh, bigger ones. I'm still okay with the small ones, though. Yeah, okay. I, I'll i talk about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> okay. he's, to, to finish here, he says, uh, I have had great luck with LiPo purchases on, on Amazon, yes. which is good news because I just got some. Uh, just don't believe the C ratings. Do an internal resistance check to find actual C ratings. Uh, says, thanks, uh, Jose. So I agree with them on the C rating, and what I do is I just shop for whatever the max C rating is as I can find that's in my price range, and that's the one I buy, assuming that it's not going to be. But even if it's half that C rating, I'm okay with paying whatever it is. Does that make sense? No, I understand what you're saying. Like, It's it's a good thing to just kind of over-exaggerate what you think it's going to be, and that way if they over-exaggerate what they're saying it's going to uh, handle – yeah. You're still in the okay with it. Right. And for what we use these for, like we don't have to worry about the really high discharge rating um, because we don't have anything that pulls that much out. We're not doing EDFs or anything like that. So right. that changes quite a bit. Yeah. Like so, what you bought, your little 1300s, you're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Jose says that he's no longer comfortable buying servos from Amazon. And, and I agree. I'm not either. To include the nine gram, especially when I can still get nine gram servos from Hobby King, they are but they're in stock right now in the U.S. warehouse. Yeah, but they're they're I a mean, little bit more. They're like four dollars as opposed to three dollars, whatever. But it's the exact same servo. Uh, you don't think so? I don't think it is. The Turnigy ones that I got are oh really okay. Nice. You're talking Turnigy. Yeah, those are not the same. I thought you were talking the same normal plastic blue cheapo. No, no I'm talking about like you can get the Turnigy. Like I just I just looked the other night. Uh, you can get the Turnigy, I forget the number, but it's basically the same servo, Metal Gear, uh, and I think it was four and some change. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. You're right. So, anyway, I yeah, just wanted to and add Turnigy's that. becoming a, a main name. So, yeah, there's like nothing a wrong with them. Brand named. There you go. Well, I guess they're all brand, they're all brand names, yeah. like you said. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I and I and I, you know, I, I told you that I had ordered servos and I ordered more servos before I tested the first set of servos from Amazon and it was a different seller and I really thought about just letting them deliver and checking oh, them out before I see. sent them back yeah to see if there was a difference I just I I I still had time to where I could you know cancel the order and not have them ship and that's what I did but I still I I might just try a few different oh. you know just to see what it's like we I mean we'll know right away just to see if that's there's true. a seller that actually sells good ones and if so, maybe try them. I mean, this, this, you know, he, Jose said he had luck with them. Well, that's true. So. <clears throat> that's true. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if I'm willing to, I mean, cause it's a, it's kind of a pain. 
I mean, you, you get the servos, you order the servos, mm -hmm. you pay for the servos. Mm -hmm. The servos, you wait a couple days, a week, whatever it takes, they come in. And then, for me anyway, now I have to find time within this window of time like to- two months. To test them. Well, sometimes, I mean, I'm really busy. True. <laughs> uh, to get them on the bench and test all six of them or eight of them or four of them or however many of them I buy. And then to do like a, like a genuine, okay, is this thing really centering? Because it takes time to, to figure that out exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I guess. The, yeah, you're right. I see what you're saying. And then to go through all that work only to decide, well, I can't buy from this seller now. Yeah. So then you have to go through the pain of sending okay. them back. You've talked to me about Do you know it. what I'm saying, though? No, I, mean, I get it. It is kind of a pain. I'm still trying to be cheap. It would be worth it if you went through all that and you found a seller that you could confidently say, every servo I get from this seller is going to be perfect. But that doesn't necessarily mean next time it's going to be perfect, too. Exactly. It depends on the shipment, I I'm guess. I'm not okay. willing to... You have talked to me out of it. Thank I'm you for lazy. taking me... I would me... rather just know that's going to be perfect when I get it. Thank you for talking me <laughs> off the ledge. <laughs> Uh, well, and you're right. I mean, I guess I don't want to go through all that either when you're not talking about that much of a savings off of a name brand servo. Right. You can get 3003s, 3004s for $12, $14 a piece, whatever they and end up are, being. And those are decent servos. I they're, mean, they're, you know. For a lot of the things that we're, the arse and stuff we're putting together, the smaller stuff we're doing, they're perfect. They're fine. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't put them I'm in done. a 50cc, you know, yak or. No. A 150cc yak. No. But. For yeah, for, for our what we're doing currently. our main airplanes that we fly most of the time. Yeah, you are right. Those are those are just fine. Yes. Okay. Right. So moving on. Last email to get to. Okay. So I'm going to apologize for messing up a name so far. Um. So he says, "Hello, Ron. My name is Peter. Peter." Bot, I think P I E T E R, uh, and I'm from the Netherlands. So. So it might Peter, be Peter, Pete, it might be Pete, Pietra, maybe. I don't know. Please, like, Forgive us. I'm sorry for <laughs> for messing up your name. He says, I listen often to your RC Plane Lab podcast with Tom. On the last podcast, I heard that you used a spreadsheet for managing your lipos. Uh, have you thought about using an app for managing them? There are some apps uh, you can use, and he uses a uh, battery manager from uh, RC Model Bow, um, and he said the actual... Uh, programmer is J-O-K-A. I don't know how to say that either. Uh, but he said with this, and this is actually kind of cool, with each app, or with the app, you can manage your lipos. You can create a QR code with the app for each one, which that means that you put an actual QR code on each. I think that's kind of, like, I'm a dork like that, so I kind of <laughs> think that's neat. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. About being a calling dork. Me, okay, <laughs> But he said when, when you put the QR code on the battery, uh, you scan it every time, and then the app shows you battery type, cell count, whether it's charged, discharged, or storage. I guess you tell it uh, what it's at last time. Uh, and then it says, or he says, if you measure the internal resistance or any capacity, you can also see a graph uh, with their measurements and dates. Uh, for each battery, he said, you can also add notes like connector, what plane it goes to, etc. So... That is definitely worth looking into. Mm -hmm. um, Probably not for me. I mean, <laughs> not I, with your five. Because all five of my lipos, I, I think I can manage <laughs> them. But seriously, though, That's, you, you could probably benefit from this. It would not hurt. Um, like the only thing I'm not sure if I would like is the extra work that goes into it. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like for, mm-hmm. for me, it's, it's, if I know I'm taking this airplane, if I don't remember what battery it takes, then I can go to my list and I see numbers. Oh, it's battery number 31, 33, 34. Those are what I have to go for. I don't know. But I'm, if it's an app and, and you can probably sort and filter by aircraft name, and then it will probably tell you which battery. That's not a bad idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe each airplane could eat or have its QR code also. There you go. And then you just, there it is. Okay, here's the batteries. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. But yeah. if anybody else wants to. That sounds to, really interesting, actually. Uh, yeah. If anybody else wants to, you can download something like that, too, and let us know your thoughts on it. So, uh, Peter, if that's how you say your name, I'm sorry if it's wrong. Uh, thank you for emailing in and let me know if I called you the wrong name and I will apologize. <laughs> uh-huh. Ron's good at that. He does it a lot. Because I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> it's okay. Um all right. I think anything else you want to talk about? We have rambled on on this yeah. incoherent so episode for long enough. If you're listening to this episode, we will be, well, when, it, when it's released anyway, we will be in Toledo mm-hmm. having a blast, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I am yep. I'm excited. And that means our next episode, I'm sure we will be talking about <laughs> we'll talk all the about wonderful things that we saw, did, and hopefully came home with. And I didn't buy Probably. Because I'll talk myself out of something. I'm sure I will. I always do. You're such a negative Nancy (laughs) ninny whatever. You got to spend some money. Let's have some fun. I'm planning on, yeah, (laughs) buying something. All right. I'm finished. You're finished? Yeah, I'm finished. We're finished. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I am Ron. I'm Tom. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.